0: Well, a couple of uh, a couple of thank yous need to be said for those of you who experienced the uh, the sacred moment of worshiping in the dark a few weeks ago, and I do mean that seriously. I understand that it was a pretty pretty cool experience uh, to be able to be here and to worship i thank, uh, I thank the leadership. Uh, that uh, made sure that that happened, thank you for doing that, and uh, Brother Ray for the last couple of Sundays filling in for me uh, while I've been gone, it's good, uh, good to know that the body is healthy, it's great, I, I remember the age when I got my first jackknife, anybody remember that age, yeah, this isn't it, yeah, so some of you are there, right, yeah i remember I remember the age this is this is not uh, the first one i 've ever gotten, but it is one uh, while not large, it was one of those moves from being a kid who played games now it was a kid who played games and had a jackknife <laughs> I mean it was just cool uh, I was uh, told that I was only supposed to use it in limited places and spaces but You know, when you have a woods uh, behind your house, uh, the spaces become large and the imagination becomes great, yet I had a jackknife. While my jackknife was no Swiss Army knife, I imagined it was and probably used it in similar ways. While fishing with friends in a river, we caught a fish and decided that right there on the banks of that river behind somebody else's house, and, you know, just one of those uh, breaking through some barriers that maybe you shouldn't have, kids, you shouldn't have done that. Anyway, that fish needed to be cooked right then and there. Well, you got to take out your jackknife and make sure you have a pointed edge so you can skewer this fish from tail to mouth right? And create a, uh, a spit over which a fire is then made. I mean, it's the coolest thing. And if, I'm sorry, if you've never had that experience, have it, enjoy it, get dirty, get, you know, and, and then try to eat the fish that you've not scaled and, oh, it's just nasty, that is just nasty, <laughs> right? But right on the edge, using that jackknife, you know, that experience This is a one-and-done st- stick to spit on the banks of that river. You know what I'm saying? You don't use that stick again. Can I just tell you, that's exactly where our tension is in life. Uh, we, can generally, we can generally solve many situations, yet we're not always how to sure, solve all the situations for all of our life and all the circumstances of our lives. H- have you ever noticed... As humans, we tend to be able to solve, again, many situations right before us and maybe a little bit down the road. Yet, not truly the long-term, ongoing situations. They just continue to roll before us. This is when we realize we have limits. We simply have limits, friends. We are limited and we have limits Anybody remember MacGyver? Uh, Carrying that Swiss army knife, you can look this up, this is true, that's really what he armed himself with. He was able to get out of any situation before him and those he was rescuing at the time. And yet, the solution brought relief in the moment for the episode, (laughs) thanks to uh, TV and movies, right? Yet... In many of those situations, he was not able, just as I was not able, to have a long-term solution, a long-term situation. The the lingering issues still plague us, friends. We're limited. And this is where we come in our passage. This, This is where we're at today in our Matthew series. Listen to this. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat down. And a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak were talking and the crippled were made well and the lame were walking and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Last week, Brother Ray reminded us of this very fact. A a Gentile woman, I love this story from last week. Wished I could have preached it, but Brother, you had it. She's not even part of the family tree. Did you get that? Did you grasp that? Yet she saw and heard what Jesus could do. She had faith. Let me just ask what about you today? Not last week. I get it. We answered last week, what about you today? Do you have faith? Do you have faith today? Or are you like the Father who pleaded with Jesus to help his doubt? Isn't this one of the reasons, and a very solid reason, that the crowds were bringing their friends, loved ones, neighbors, strangers, and all of the people who were lame and could not... uh, heal themselves because they had limits? There's a limit on us. So while we were on vacation, Kathy and I had to recount the previous year because we were back in the similar space that we are often on vacation. Last year, I went off biking up the road just a mere few miles more than where we had decided to stop and left her in the Little town of Northport, it's a beautiful little town on the bay there in Traverse City area. She there to grab a snack and a a drink and I'd be back. I just wanted to ride all the way to the end of the peninsula and back. I I, I wanted to do it. I'd done it before. Uh, And so as we drove around and even as we rode uh, our bikes around, we recounted the story and she reminded me of how worried she was for me to return from my short bike ride. Uh, I did return, friends. Here I am. I limped on the bike and off the, way, off the bike all the way back to our campsite. Uh, just a mere 80 miles in one day with no training. Idiot. Okay. Maybe you don't want to re- return that. Uh. This year, guess what? I didn't attempt that. Now... I'm better trained this year than I was last year. But, you know, you realize I have limits. I just have limits. But this reminds me. We often do not know our limits until we come to the edge or the end of them, do we? We just don't know until we come to the edge or end. Those... Those Gentile crowds brought the Gentile people who were sick. It's important, by the way, that I continue to repeat that it's a Gentile crowd. You do realize this. and You'll get this in a moment. The lame, the blind, the crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. I wonder how many of these people had attempted other forms of healing before realizing the limits of help available. I mean, if you have a loved one, you'd go to all links to try to see that they are healed within your power wouldn't you i wonder i wonder do we do we realize the limits are limits okay before you give me a phone call in regards to and your mind's probably already going there to ask whether i believe in the healthcare system has their place in healing i do i do Yet, where do they have their place in the healing process? I think that's a good one to ask ourselves the question, even in this passage of Scripture. We need to ask ourselves where and when we're placing our faith. Where is it going? Are we just continuing to clamor for the next doctor to solve our situation? And that may not be wrong, but I just ask the question. I pose it there. I do think that it is seen by our fruit and our following. By our language, by our languishing, by our hopefulness, our lack of hope that we speak. But you see, this is the point. This is the point of the passage, and we haven't even got to the thrust of it, I don't think. God is not limited. God is not limited. Pretty simple. We know this to be true, right? Uh, Some of us. So the Gentile crowds bring their family, friends, loved ones, neighbors, strangers to Jesus, They had encountered Jesus, or the story of Jesus, and they brought them to him. They realized they are limited. There's only so much they could do. Could he? But God is not limited. What happens? The kingdom, as we've kind of spoken, rolls over these people in just a wonderful way. Healing, and can I just say healing in the sense of wholeness, not just healing of the you know, whatever ailed them, whether they were mute or blind or crippled, a wholeness. See, that's what the kingdom's about, friends. A wholeness of body and mind and soul, transformation, complete. The blind see, but not just the blind see, but they see the kingdom, right? Uh, The Lame walk, but how do they walk? They walk after Jesus. Uh, the crippled heal. They, they no longer limp. They, they sprint for Jesus. The people talk, and they don't just talk about themselves. They talk about Jesus, the kingdom, and the healing, and the possibilities, and the potential, and what lies ahead. The people hear, and what do they hear? They hear Jesus' voice. They hear the Holy Spirit. They hear the word of God. This is what transpires. This is the wholeness of which God brings to us. See, their limits were met with the one who is unlimited, who is unlimited. We know these Gentiles were some level of belief. This is important, friends, because Jesus came to seek and save the lost, but he made it very clear that he came to seek and save his own family in the family tree. But he extends himself into this Gentile territory to allow the kingdom to roll over the top to expand it, to to give us a glimpse of what's coming when the Holy Spirit rolls out at Pentecost. These Gentiles, they weren't unbelievers. Unbelief is a choice, friends. They had maybe some doubts. They had some queries. They had some questions. But they brought their friends, even their strangers, and maybe even their enemies to Jesus to kind of say, hey, is it possible and friends, this is where this is where love lives. It's in this it's in this spa- space and place where our limits meet God's unlimitedness, where we're willing to bring ourselves or somebody else to God. That's love. It rolls out. God's love gives each person a choice in that. Adam and Eve were given. Access to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's where it lives. We have a choice. We can choose God's unlimited resources and whatever he may want to give to us, or we can choose our own way, walk our own misery, and suffer through this world without his presence and power that he wishes to give. You see, Jesus continues to demonstrate the kingdom, the kingdom come to earth, as we just sang, in their midst it's beautiful all these people hang around with jesus for three whole days would you how many of you would hang around if this is what's happening healing man i would i want to not only i want to i'd want to see my own healing happen but i want to see what what's coming next what's he gonna do Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful way. That's exactly what transpires. They run out of food. Or it seems, could be the case, as Jesus takes concern with their plight. The resources have limits. Our resources have limits, friends. They can only go to their lunch bag for so many times before they see the bottom of it, clearly, right? Remember, remember, love and action... Equals compassion. And this is Jesus at the heart. They, There they are again in the wilderness as before. And and Jesus, when Jesus fed the 5,000. And in just in case you're a scholar and a theologian, and rightly you should be. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't be. I believe this is a fresh new story where some would contend it's a story retold. I don't think so. Matthew makes a point of of. Of different aspects in it. You can see it. It's fresh new occurrence where the evidence, there's Gentiles, the area, the number is different. The fact that the words he uses to speak to his students, his disciples are vividly different. Jesus sees the need and what to do, and He, you know, he wants to do a good deed for the people who have been with him, and he does that. After a conversation with his disciples, his students, who seem to have lost their memory just a tad bit. We have to laugh. He asked them, how much bread do you have? How much bread? And before we pick on these men, isn't it true we forget? Remember, f- reflecting on what God has done will transform our present with faith in what can be done. That's exactly what transpires. When we reflect on what God has done for us and Our faith is bolstered in that moment. You know, when I go on vacation, again, I'm sorry, just reflections even in the moment, I suppose, I set work aside and even home things aside for a week or so. So my mind, but my mind, as does yours, doesn't put those things down right away. It just doesn't put them away. It takes a few days. But when I re-enter the routine's atmosphere, I have a flood of to-do lists. Anybody like that? Anybody like, okay, it's gone, but whoa, 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 whoa. few things. And then, this is what happens to me. And it's, it may be a common human, human, uh, human thing, but all of a sudden, emotions start to swirl around the to-do list. Will they get done? Am I going to meet the deadlines? Well, this week was no different. There's no exception. Even though I prayed to the Father and rely on His Spirit, He will guide me. I forget. I forget regularly how He takes care of me. I need others, you, my wife, brothers and sisters, to to remind me of my limits and His unlimitedness. So Jesus asks, How much bread do you have? Oh, Jesus, just, just a mere seven loaves and just a few fish. Uh, nothing much. And I'm sure they're thinking, this won't even feed us, Jesus. Again, we forget and we forget thoroughly sometimes. Hey, Jesus said, everyone sit down. Get ready for a feast. Just like in the, te- in the story that Matthew tells, Jesus uses the word recline. He doesn't just sit. Uh, crisscross applesauce just to receive a few morsels. He says, recline because a feast is coming. That is the word in the Greek. It's an amazing word. I think Jesus wants, to do, wants us to do that on a regular basis. Just chill out, relax, I got it. Get ready for the feast will commence soon. He wants us all to have a taste of the bread and the fish. But you know the bread and fish really is just a, just a true taste of the kingdom and the faithfulness of the Father, right? You do know that. That while we're fed, the Father's faithfulness is behind this. So can I ask you, what do you have? Well, what's in your hands? What do you got? I know it may not seem like much on its own, But when it's added up, it can change lives. People are loved and the kingdom has touched the earth. Lives are transformed by his forgiveness, his salvation. So give God what you got. Give God what you got. All of it, not a part of it. Don't withhold. I'm telling you, there's multiplied increase on this. Uh, You know that little bit of time you have through the school day, Could I just suggest that it could be given to a child every week for a year, and that year adds up to hours of love given to one child that you mentor at a school who needs to know the love of Jesus from somebody who loves Jesus? Just one hour. And I get there's transportation in there, but God takes care of all that. Let me tell you, He does. You you say, you know, you you believe tithes and offerings do not matter much. And maybe I'm treading a little bit on thin ice, especially when I get to the end. You'll figure that out in a second. So you hold off. You go, you know, it doesn't matter if I give. Well, it doesn't matter so much to us, but it does matter to God. You see, when all of God's people give generously from what God has given to them, then it adds up, and we're able to do an incredible increase on the kingdom and its fruitfulness. We're able to give in situations and coming together just like this last week. So I get get home from vacation, and there's a request for a resettlement of a Ukrainian family. I'm like, okay. So we walk through the conversations as you walk through the conversations. But collectively with other church families. We were able to give $1,000 to be able to help a Ukrainian family settle and to demonstrate the love of Jesus and and to see them connected into a church body and a connection of people who love Jesus. You see, we can't do that unless people give. And that means all of us, every single one of us. Uh, We may think that note that the Lord placed on our minds about that person, you know, that you have this face that comes into your mind or this person that comes into your mind and you realize, oh, I need to send them a note or text them or whatever. And you think, well, and you realize a week later you've forgotten, right? But it comes back. Why well, does it come back? Can I just tell you the Holy Spirit is continuing to kind of unroll on you? That note matters because do you realize that God's already gone ahead? God's already gone ahead. And that note that you were thinking about sending a week earlier was, was and is and could be combined with the other nudges he has given to other brothers and sisters, other people around you to help and encourage that person, whoever that may be. That note matters. So it's, it's in the small stuff and the big stuff. How about, how about this? How about giving somebody a ride to a gathering, Sunday mornings, to a kid's own event or even student ministry activities, may seem small, and at times it may be even inconvenient. I will grant you that. But could they find their own way? Well, maybe, but maybe not. The conversation in the car ride, the opportunity to encourage the life-on-life sharing that happens in a car ride with somebody that you just just placed on your heart? I mean, can you imagine? So what is it that you've got? Give God what you've got. Ask him boldly, what would it be? So would Jesus ask them, how much bread do you have? Ah, just a mere seven loaves and a few fish. This is where we find ourselves as followers of Jesus. We just have a mere whatever. The place where God can we can give God what we've got or hold them. Whatever it is. The disciples give Jesus the mere morsels they have, and Jesus does what I believe Jesus would want us all to do: uh, to see them increase, to see them multiplied. But this is probably the most important. Uh, check this out. He looks to the Father in heaven and gave thanks for what was given and then began in faith to give out the feast of bread and fish that he told everyone to recline and get ready for. And maybe it was this simple prayer. If you've uh, been through the, the series, uh, I believe it's The Chosen, uh, It's th- maybe it's this prayer. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Do you realize what this prayer symbolizes, what it says? Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the universe, of everything. You're God. Who you bring forth bread. I don't do it. Yep, I go to work, but you're the one that gives me the work that I have, the job to bring home the bread. You are the one. I think something like that was said. I don't think it was long. I don't think Jesus had to have it long. The Father knew his heart. And whether this prayer was used or another, the giving thanks for what we have and acknowledging the God, that God is king of all things and our hearts and provisions are good to do. It's right to do. It aligns our hearts and our minds and souls to him. And this happens. Our limits meet God's unlimitedness. That's what happens in those moments. Our limits meet God's unlimitedness. This is the continual challenge for us mere mortals. That eternal glimpse, uh, continuing to see what God can do and what he wishes to do into the kingdom come now, not later, now. Now not the earned bounds limits that we think we're set in we can do this as we mobilize prayer as our continual conversation to the father it's in this space where we where our limits meet his unlimitedness for his kingdom come his will be done so let me ask you what limits did you find in your week this week in your life this week what limits? Uh, reflect back through. Ah, oh, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. Oh, that didn't, what limits? Uh, health? Did you go to Jesus? Uh, relationally, uh, you're at an impasse. Did you, did you get on your knees? Or did you just continue to pl- complain and grump and, and even maybe go at it together? I don't know. How about financially? I don't know how we're going to make this. Well, we do know the one who does. Did you get on your knees? Food. Uh, You know, many of us probably don't suffer there too hard, but maybe you know somebody who does. Sleep. I heard that one already a couple times this morning. Sleep. Lord's the one who gives rest. I mean, are we willing to allow our limits to meet God's unlimited resources? That's the constant call of us in the kingdom. So will you bring your limits to God, who is the unlimited? I mean, truly, he is unlimited. Now, as I say this, some of you are thinking, you know, I've always wanted. I want to remind us all, if I may, that God is good at giving us what we need, not always what we want. That he leads us in a way that, refines us into his likeness not into the cultural uh, foray of rich and poor and all of those things he leads us it's his calling so are we willing to allow Jesus to bring his kingdom through us and with us in light of what he has already stated and not only what he stated but where he himself walked you realize that right he walked the road of suffering for us But Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew again, 633, seek the kingdom above all and live righteously and he will give you what you need. Are you willing to bring your limits to God's unlimitedness? So can I ask, why don't you close your eyes if you would this morning for me. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I'm I'm gonna ask, Lord, that you... You bring to my friends' minds and their hearts what was a what was a limit this week, or maybe it's even this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you for drawing to our minds the limits of our ability. Now friends, what I 'm going to ask you, because that has been brought to your mind, are you willing to bring your limits to god's unlimited resources, but ultimately to Him alone? Just simply we're going to sing in a few moments, but uh, one of the greatest ways that we can put traction into our faith is actually put traction into seeing ourselves move. Our bodies have the ability to create the posture of what is in our hearts. And so if you need to come and pray about your limits and give your limits to God's unlimitedness, I would ask you to do that this morning. Father, we're grateful. We're grateful for the goodness you rained down on us because you are good. You you know us, you created us. You sent your son for us, could never have one better to care for us. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe there is someone here this morning though who has yet to to come into god's goodness into his fellowship and to see your limits, as we've described them, whatever they may be, you realize your limit is you don't know Jesus. You have not, you have not surrendered yourself to following him. If that is you this morning, uh, pray this prayer uh, that's on the screen or pray, pray your prayer that comes to your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me from my sins. I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you in Jesus' name. Father, we give you our limits now and ask for your unlimited resources, your unlimited presence, your unlimited kingdom. May it fall on us. In Jesus' name, amen.